Welcome to the Fierce Mama Warrior Podcast. This is your host, Jackie Hyman, and this is your hub of women who live to improve the lives of other women on the motherhood journey, health, wellness, and being their best. Hello to my Fierce Mama Warriors, and welcome back to the Fierce Mama Warrior Podcast. This episode is definitely applicable to mamas. It is definitely fierce and powerful because when implemented, I believe that the tools mentioned in this episode have the power to heal relationships, bring peace between people, and make the world a better place. If you, like me and everyone else I know, have relationships in your life that are important to you, and you would love to see them have more peace, more connection, more ease, this episode is for you. As mamas, those relationships with our kids and with our partners are so, so important. So I just know this episode will help people. My guest's name is Ayo, and she has delved deep and works with something called nonviolent communication. It is a way to be honest, a way to be open, and a way to better understand each other. We speak in this episode a lot about giving. Giving is something that we as mamas do a lot of. Sometimes it feels wonderful. And sometimes it's really challenging. So we talk about how to bring more ease into the way you are giving. We speak about a topic that is very near and dear to my core value system. It is choice, the choices we make and making sure that we have a choice as much as possible. We address something else that we have been going on and on about in this podcast, and that is our needs. Our needs are important, but also our kids' needs are important. Everyone has needs. Everyone's needs are important. How do we get all those needs met or at least heard? I just know that you will connect to this episode. I personally believe it should be shared as much as possible in as many places as possible because it really does have the power to bring healing between people. Enjoy. Okay, Ayo, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great and I'm so excited to be here chatting with you. Thanks for having me. This is so awesome. So just to give people a little bit of a background, like there barely is one, which is kind of which is kind of cool. We randomly met at a Meet a networking meetup in Jerusalem. And Ayo was speaking about her yoga classes and her acro yoga classes. And she also mentioned, I think it was kind of even sort of a side note, that um, she works with something called nonviolent communication. And I was like, ooh, I like that because <laughs> coming from a self defense background, always trying to figure out what the best tools are to set boundaries and at the same time de-escalate situations from something that could be violent. My ears perked up at that. And then we sort of sat down and dug into it a little bit. And I was like, oh, like you need to come on my show. Like save all of this for the show. (laughs) We'll continue this later on air. (laughs) 
<laughs> because it was so interesting to me. So it's not really related to, it's not like related to physical violence or is it? Um, it's, it, that's an interesting question. So it primarily has to do with our speech, um, but our speech has to do with our emotions, which is also tied into our physiology. And sometimes we get to points in conflict that things actually lead to like physical expressions and manifestations of violence. So nonviolent communication itself focuses on words, feelings, thoughts, things like that. But um, everything kind of ties in. It's all pretty connected. Right. So my self-defense classes actually, you should know, are are not only defense against physical violence. We talk about all different types of violence, um, which includes verbal violence and emotional violence and um, just the general crossing and pushing of boundaries, uh, which we consider to be to need a response. And that's where self-defense tools can also come in. So non-traditional self-defense tools such as assertive boundary setting. Um, But assertive boundary setting doesn't always, isn't always the right tool, especially when it comes to relationships that are important to us. So that's why I would love to hear more about your methods. Absolutely. And I, I just as an aside, it's kind of funny. I feel like you and I, in a way, are involved in very similar work, just in different fields. I used to work a lot in women's shelters and even in the context of like the playful acro yoga that I teach. There's always a unit on consent. And a yes is not a yes unless a no is also a no. And how we practice verbalizing what our needs are. And so it's kind of that nuance that comes into play when we do workshops and compassionate communication or nonviolent communication. Totally. I love that consent is part of an Acura yoga class. I never would have like thought about it, but now that you bring it up, it's like, yes, like that should be part of, <laughs> part of a partner yoga class. Totally. And it's, um, it's kind of amazing. I, I was, uh, I think it was this past summer that I was in the gush. I was in Efrat and I did a woman's acro yoga class and uh, it, was a, it was like a half day workshop. And part of what I had them do was not only practice asking each other, like, do I have permission to spot you, to base you and what that actually means? But we also did a round of, hey, could I come over for a Shabbat meal this week? And just had the women practicing saying, no to each other. And that was kind of revolutionary too. That's such a good one. I'm going to use that one in my class. Good times. <laughs> we, we practice saying no a lot and people confuse, often confuse like, oh, this is only for like when a stranger is trying to touch me. It's like, no, this is for all kinds of interpersonal interactions where your resources or your needs or your boundary or like whatever it is, like you need to be taking care of yourself emotionally in that relationship. Um, 100%. And one of, one of the things that we cover in the course on compassionate communication is, is basically the story of rejection, which is at different points in our lives, we all hear no. And then we tell ourselves a story surrounding that no and often personalize it. And there's this idea within NVC that a no is just someone else saying a yes to another need. So a no, for example, to you know hosting for Shabbat is just that person saying yes to their need for rest, their need for 
connection and quality time with their family. And once we can reframe it that way, um, it just kind of makes our interactions more lighter and more, more positive and full. I love that. I love that reframe. And I also, I actually recently encountered a meme. I'm like the meme girl. I love memes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that said, when you say no to someone else sometimes, or don't say yes to someone else if you're saying no to yourself, which wow. is pretty black and white, but at the same time, it's it goes with what you're saying. is When you do choose to say no to someone else, right? Because... You know, I, I would never say like, you have to say no. But if you are going to choose that, <clears throat> to reframe it as knowing that you're saying yes to yourself maybe uh, is a great way to come at it with less guilt, I think. Yeah, oh, totally. And a big part of nonviolent communication, there's this uh, this image that Marshall Rosenberg, he's the founder of NVC. So there's this image that he shared, which is um, the joy of a small child, a young child feeding a hungry duck. And what do we do with that image? The child is not feeding the hungry duck out of obligation or guilt or shame, but because how wonderful, how joyful to be able to give to another being in the world. And so in NVC, we try to really get aligned with what are our desires, what are our wants, our needs, our priorities, and as much as possible to approach things from genuine desire and a genuine intention to give and to connect. Because the idea is otherwise, if, we, if, if our yes isn't actually a true yes, then that's where, that's where resentment comes in. And you know, nobody wins if, uh, if we're operating out of that place. Wow. Okay. So here's a question for you. Sure. A lot of the listeners here are moms and Mm -hmm. moms have to do that feeding thing (laughs) a lot all day. And um, even when they don't feel like it, they have to show up for their kids. Yeah. So what do you say to that? So I would say, I mean, a few different things. The first is um, we speak a lot in NVC about self-empathy. Um, maybe what would be called in like pop culture lingo self-care, but self-empathy. And with nonviolent communication, um, everything that we do is a process of inner awareness and clarity. Like if you've ever had this feeling of like waking up and you're feeling like grumpy or you're feeling anxious, but you're not exactly sure why. So I'm just going to lay out a few principles that I think could be helpful for moms in answering your question. Awesome. Um, Awesome. Sweet. <laughs> I like, I'm so, so excited. I'm like writing this down. I'm like getting ready. What do amazing. I do? Amazing. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. So the first one is to actually like check in with how you're feeling. And that might sound really basic, but it's something that most of us just don't do. Um, if you think about like daily interactions, we ask each other, oh, how are you? Fine. How are you? Or, oh, how are you? Like, Baruch Hashem, thank God. How are you? Like, that's a nice praise of God, but that doesn't actually mean anything. That doesn't actually answer the question of how we're feeling. So um, I don't know, maybe I can send this resource your way. I have this amazing sheet, which is just all of these different words of feelings. And so that's kind of Please, like Please, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Amazing. Yeah. It's like a, a first step of the richness of human language of like actually just being like, wow, am I feeling 
exhausted, exasperated, um, excited, recharged, nervous, anxious, even just starting to be able to put words to how you're feeling brings a first level and a first wave of clarity. And also just holding space for yourself, especially as women, realizing that we can also be carrying multiple feelings, multiple emotions at the same time. And that's the first super important step of self-connection, of checking in with yourself and your feelings before you can kind of move on and take care of another person. Um, So that would be like step number one. Um, Step number two, and again, I love these ideas that are simple yet to me also feel radical. In NVC, there's this idea that everything that we feel is because we have a need, some core universal basic need that either has or has not been met. And so once you go through that first step of like, okay, how am I feeling? Well, what need of yours has been met or hasn't been met? And once you have that level of awareness, like for example, let's say, okay, something straightforward, I'm feeling exhausted because my need for rest has not been met. Once you have that level of awareness, all of a sudden it opens up so many different strategies. Um, So maybe one strategy is finding a way to rest. Maybe another strategy is just self-empathy of like giving yourself some time to be like, wow, yeah, I could really use some rest. And sometimes there's there's this idea just like as as a baby, you know, as small kids, we need to be physically held. As adults, we also still need, you know, healthy physical human touch. But there's this idea that sometimes being heard creates the same emotional and physiological sensations in the body as when we're held as small babies and children. So going through, and it could be like a two-minute process. You don't need hours to do this. It could be one minute check-in with your feelings, one minute check-in with your needs. I'll send you a resource for that as well. And then with that knowledge, with that power to be like, okay, this is what I'm needing. And once you have that sense of, resonance. Okay, this is where I'm holding. It's so much more easy to joyfully say, okay, and now I want to be able to give my to my kids. I want to be able to cook for them or contribute. And, um, and like the last little thing, and then I'll stop talking because I just get really excited about this <laughs> stuff. Um, the last thing that I want to add on this question is um, one, of the, one of the pieces of work that we do in compassionate communication. And I use the terms interchangeably. They are fairly interchangeable. NVC is more common and compassionate communication is just a little bit more positively phrased. So I personally connect to it, but we distinguish, we differentiate between a need and a strategy. So for example, our kids need to get fed and us cooking on a daily basis is one strategy to get there. And it might, again, seem semantical, but each one of these distinctions is a light bulb moment with the potential to shift how our day-to-day is, realizing, okay, great, how do we meet these needs? Well, we have a number of different strategies that we can use to meet them. And then life doesn't feel so burdensome anymore. It feels full of hope and possibility, which is pretty cool. So you're saying when we have strategies in place already, um, where we're not scrounging for what to do now, that's when we sort of get to a place where it's not overwhelming. 
Ah, so that's, that's interesting. That's kind of a different question. Um, I would say more when we have inner clarity, when we're connected to ourselves, when we're understanding what we're feeling and what we're needing, then we're able to kind of take care of ourselves to bring ourselves into what's sometimes called like a green state, like a calm energy filled state. And then rather than our daily life feeling burdensome, it can, it has the opportunity to feel joyful. Um, like if I'll, I'll, I'll speak for a moment and if this isn't relevant, you can always edit it out, but to, uh, to a little bit of NVC theory and philosophy, um, have you ever heard of a word Amtsprachen? No. Okay. Yeah. I hadn't either until I started studying this stuff. So basically- Is it it's German? Like, yeah, it is. And in the, I believe it was in the Eichmann trials when, um, when, you know, Nazi war criminals were being depositioned and asked, um, you know, how could you have done this? The answers were always, well, it was, you know, officer's orders or, you know, it wasn't in my control or I had to, or, you know, what today could be the equivalent of like boss told me to or company policy. And, Everything that NVC is based off of is the antithesis of Amtssprachen. Amtssprachen is a sort of office language that removes choice, that says, I had no choice. I just had to do this. And there are times, obviously in a more you know, minor and subtle way, but there are times in our lives where we fall into that thought patterns of like, I just have to do this. You know, I, I don't have a choice in the matter. And the essence, the epitome of NVC theory is reclaiming your choice. Um, kind of like that Viktor Frankl quote of, you know, between stimulus and response, there is a space. So yes, maybe your kids do need to get fed. But what are different strategies to get there? And again, once you take the time and you check in with yourself, you know, how you're really feeling and what you're really needing, then you're able to explore, well, what are the different strategies that I could take? What are the different resources? What would feel alive and connecting and good to me instead of oppressive and burdensome and though, as though I don't have a choice in how to live my own daily life? Um, does that make sense? So for example, right... Mm-hmm. It's dinner time or dinner yeah. time's approaching. My yes. kids, I know that if they don't eat by 5.30, they go a little nutso and mm-hmm. make the house an insane place to, do, to be. I do not, my need right now is not to stand up and cook a nutritious meal for my kids. It's really mm-hmm. to sit with my little one and read books so that, you know, I can sit I can feel like she's her needs are being met and I get the rest that I have figured out that I need. So an mm-hmm. option would be order a pizza and call it a day. Yeah, I mean, that, that's <laughs> definitely one strategy. The idea is that just like we have multiple feelings at the same time, we may also have multiple needs. So your needs, your need for uh, ease mm-hmm. and for connection with your little one of just sitting a book may trump your need for, you know, providing the most nutritious homemade meal in that moment. And I think a lot of NVC is just like 
releasing the need for perfection, just honoring whatever is alive in you at that moment. If at that moment, the need for quality time is more important, then prioritizing that quality time. And maybe there's other solutions that whether it's ordering a pizza or recruiting one of your older kids to help cook something or um, picking out a recipe with your little one and having that be the quality time or doing a meal rotation with other moms where like someone cooks something different each night. I'm not saying any of these solutions will excite you specifically, but just realizing that at any point we do have choice and that shifts something inside of us. Amazing. That's amazing because I feel like so many times moms feel like we don't have a choice. We chose to have kids. We want kids. Most, some of us, right? Chose to have kids. um, Most of the moms that I know chose to have kids, wanted kids, knew it was going to be hard, stepping up to the plate anyway, But in those moments where it's like, I don't want to get up and feed my baby. I want to sleep. (laughs) Um, And feeling like there's no choice. Yeah. Like this is, this is my life now. And (laughs) I need to either suck it up or like go cry later (laughs) Um, because I'm so exhausted. So yeah. I think one of the things that's really important, I mean, look, we we might not always love our choices. Like maybe rather than a pizza or making a creative recipe with your kid or doing a meal share with other moms, maybe the choice that you want is like a private chef to like come out of a fairy mobile and just kind of whip it up for you. And and maybe that is or isn't an option. So it's not that we always love the choices that we have, but reminding ourselves that we have choices does create an energetic shift. Um, And then even though NVC relates to the field of positive psychology, NVC is not about sugarcoating our life experiences or just pretending that things are okay when they're not. Like the first step of anything we do, there's self-connection. But again, that second step is empathy. And one of the tools, one of the skills that I think anyone can have or anyone can take on is this idea of an empathy buddy. And what does that mean? Again, based on this idea that sometimes being heard has that same resonance and calming effect as being held, sometimes it can just um, meet a very, very deep need of ours to pick up the phone, to be able to call a friend and what you might consider inventing just to share like, oh, and I, I don't want to cook and I know my kids and just to have somebody lending a sympathetic ear for that. Um, I'll introduce just kind of one more layer of lingo because I find it fascinating. Um, in NVC, we distinguish between two types of needs. And one is called a core need or a relational need. That could be like connection, food, meaning, shelter, uh, stimulation. All of those are our core relational needs. But then there's something else, which is a situational need. And what's a situational need? It's basically in any given situation, what's the outcome that we desire? Like, what do we actually want to happen? And the wild thing is that sometimes when our, situ- when our relational needs get met, our situational needs become 
less urgent. They feel less pressing. Um, can I give you an example to make yes, that less please. jargony? Totally. Okay, cool. So let's say you have, um, you know, you have a couple and the guy is going out to work and maybe the mom is like working part-time or from home or taking care of the kids, not trying to stereotype and just throwing an example out there. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and she's had a long day and she's really just looking forward to her husband coming home. So that way they can spend some time together. And the husband comes home and at some point he casually says, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, I'm going out with the guys tonight. I'm going out with my buddies tonight. And she is pretty pissed off because she's been waiting all day for just like adult chill time with her husband. And now she finds out that like an hour after he comes home that he's peacing out. So in NVC, sometimes we talk about our inner jackal, which is that like reactive and aggressive part of ourselves. So she might start like jackling out at her husband and saying something like, like, what? Like, I'm not as important as your friends. Like, I don't mean as much to you. How could you do that? Like, you don't even want to spend time with me. And then all of a sudden... All the stories that we tell ourselves exactly. that aren't necessarily yeah, he'll true. Yeah, start to jackal out. And, and you know, it, it turns into this, like, tug of war, which nobody actually wants. But... If this mama maybe, you know, listened to our podcast and then took a look at this feelings and needs sheets after and just took a moment to think about what she actually needed, it could be any number of things. But let's say she was able to have the clarity for herself of like, I'm feeling really angry right now. I'm also really feeling kind of sad and disappointed. Why? Because I have an underlying need. What, what was my need that's not being met here? Maybe the need was partnership or clearer communication, or just connection. And so once she goes through that process of inner clarity, instead of jackling out and saying, what, you don't like, I don't mean anything to you, she can go to her husband and say, listen, I'm feeling pretty upset right now because I really just want to feel connected to you. And I was so looking forward to our quality time tonight just so that we can have that like lovely sense of having connection and a sweet evening together. And when you hear that, that's what we call an NVC seducing with your needs. Instead uh, of focusing on what you don't have, we never have connection anymore and saying, hey, mm -hmm. do you remember what it feels like, how good it feels when we are in a place of connection? And that brings the person in. And, and here's where it ties back to kids and cooking and all that stuff. We know in NVC, NVC isn't like some fancy lingo way of manipulating the person in front of you. Just like we have choice, they have choice too. So even phrased in this nice, personally aware way of this is how I'm feeling, this is what I'm needing, would you be willing to stay home with me tonight? We might get a yes, but we might also get a no. But here's where the magic comes in. When we have that level of awareness of what we're needing and we're able to say, this is the core need that I have, connection, partnership, whatever it is, then maybe that husband would respond, you know, babe, of course, like, I love you. I want to feel connected to you too. And with you too, I... I don't feel comfortable canceling last minute on these friends, but you know what? What if tomorrow morning we wake up early, just the two of us, we do a special breakfast or we go out to a cafe after we drop off the kids somewhere. All of a sudden, just hearing that your need matters, having yes. your core relational need 
named and acknowledged all of a sudden brings a little bit more ease into the situation and makes us open to other strategies. It releases the grip around the situational need of the husband staying home. And we're willing to consider other possibilities like, okay, yeah, maybe we can do tomorrow because we know that we've been heard and that the person in front of us actually cares. That's that's awesome. I feel like when you said your need matters, I like got even a little teary-eyed. I was like, that does Whoa. make a change. It does make a change in the way we feel. And it's so important for women, I think, so many times feel like we don't want to take up space, right? We don't want to be mm-hmm. noticed. We we don't want to make anyone else uncomfortable. So we just sort of stay small and make sure that, you know, it's like, oh, like, we and we also don't want to be seen as being needy and we don't want to be seen as being, um, what's the word? High, oh, high maintenance. <laughs> we don't want to be seen as, as being high maintenance. And we, we think that what men want is for us to be like super uber chill, let them do whatever and just be there for them. When in fact, this could be a reason why so many women are holding on to so much resentment is because you can't do that forever without it building up. For and sure. So this is in a wonderful way to gently express what it is we need and still go with the flow while still being heard and knowing that what we want and what we need matters. And I think that's so beautiful. Absolutely. And I think one of the, so I'll, I'll speak to a little bit more theory because I, I'm about to geek out on it for a minute. There's yes, a field called, um, <laughs> called neuroception. And neuroception is basically the physiology of, um, of our feelings, of how safe we feel at any given time. And so to break it down to a super relatable level, there's this idea that at any given time, we might be in what's called red zone yellow zone or green zone. Now, red zone, most of us have heard of because that's like fight, flight, freeze. You're in intense conflict. And green zone is when we're in a place of calm and trust. We know that we matter. We know our needs matter. And we feel kind of filled with energy. Like we're in our own business. We're filled with our own life. And what's really interesting, I think, especially for mamas, is yellow zone. Yellow zone is that in-between. It's kind of like a constant low-laying level of stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And many of us find ourselves there, again, when we're out of our connection with our feelings and our needs. And so then every little interaction can seem one that's stressful because it's, well, I can't, I don't want to step up and always be in red zone and fighting and conflict, but I also can't actually release it because that's not true to myself. And so there's like this stuckness in this like yellow stress anxiety place. Um, Can I give one more example? Sure, please. 
So, um, so my husband is uh, <laughs> an amazing guy, and he is a very straight shooter, straight talker, like Moroccan dude. Not into. Oh, I know state. about Moroccans. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you have family who's Moroccan? No, I dated a Moroccan for over two years. I dated Whoa. several Moroccans, actually, until I realized I was like, I'm going to go find an Ashkenazi guy like this oh, isn't no. working. Okay, story back <laughs> nothing, to the podcast, nothing, nothing against Moroccans. Um, I also know some Moroccans who I really, really love, uh, but I realized that it just wasn't for me. So, so I mean, yeah, like in a way there, there's like a more feisty, passionate element to the culture. And, um, and my husband is one of the last people who would want to sit down with me and talk about NVC theory. Um, (laughs) however, one of the really cool things about these concepts is you don't need to have the person in front of you on board in order to use them and significantly benefit from them. So I think there was this like one time, it's a super innocuous example that, you know, maybe my husband was giving our toddler cookies and it was dinner time. And I wasn't particularly thrilled about this idea to say the least, because, you know, like snacks are snacks and they're good, but mealtime for meals, I want it to be healthy. And so I noticed that we started kind of escalating into a fight about these cookies. Um, And what I was able to do, you know, it it just, it started like flaring up of like, oh, like you gave him cookies. Yeah, he needs something to eat and it's fun. And what's the big deal? And, you know, we started just like getting into that place of thinking that the cookies were the actual issue. Uh And then I reminded myself, oh, NVC, okay, great. What is my need? And what is his need? Even without him being part of the conversation, this all happened in my head. I said, okay, so my need is probably for my son to like have healthy, nutritious food at dinner time, or at least eat something healthy before he goes to cookies. My husband's need could be maybe he needs independence to be able to like parent independently and not feel like I'm watching over him. Or maybe he needs respect for his decision when it's made. And so what I did is I said, um, are you, are you feeling like I'm stepping on your toes? Like you're really just wanting to like independently be able to treat Moshe Erez to, you know, to a cookie at this time. And he said, yes. And I said, and you'd like really just want me to respect your choice as a father and like your, you know, independence and parent. He's like, yeah, that's exactly it. And I said, okay, I totally get that. And I do respect you. And I also want you to feel that you have that independence. And also I just have this need for him to have something healthy. And so from there, it was super easy to transition into, so maybe we can give him like a banana or a little soup or whatever, and then go back to the cookies. Like, would that meet your need? Does that feel okay for you? And it just, it goes back to the same idea of like, we can get so caught up in the strategy, um, in this kind of situational need of have the cookie or not have the cookie. And getting caught up in that tunnel vision of strategy, that's what limits our choice and our ability to connect. And so by just taking a step back and trying to empathize and understand, all right, what well, what's actually deeper that's going on here? It allowed us to free that tension and just to like, explore in a way more chill way what could be some good solutions for us. Amazing. Okay. I don't even know if this is necessary at this point, but I feel like we never really defined what NVC 
is. I think you definitely touched on what it is a bunch of times already. But if you could just break it down, like let's back up. Like, okay, what, like she keeps using this word NVC, like let's break it down. Like, what does that mean? For sure. Okay. So nonviolent communication, NVC, also called compassionate communication, is an approach to life. It was founded by Marshall Rosenberg. And the idea is that we use these tools, this speech. It's really, it's not even about the words we use. It's about a shift in perspective that everything that we do in life can actually be about building connection. about an intention to connect and to make life more wonderful, either for us and also for the people around us. And so the idea behind NVC is that we often get stuck in a sort of tug of war of blame, of shame, of judgment. And these things drain us of our energy. They drain us of our life vitality. And by stepping back into our own experience and really starting with self-connection, bringing awareness to our feelings and to our deeper needs, then from there, solutions naturally unfold. They can naturally present themselves in ways that, that build and strengthen relationships instead of leading to power struggles and resentment. So that would be kind of my, my 101 descriptor. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. That, uh, yeah. I think that clarifies it a lot. Yeah. And I, I think one, one thing that I just kind of want to share from my personal experience is um, envy. Like you don't have to be a certain type of person to use or to benefit from the tools of nonviolent communication in the sense that, um, I don't know. I mean, like growing up, I was always interested in language and speaking and performing and, um, you know, but, but in a very specific way, I remember, uh, your, your husband, Yekir, he was on the wrestling team at Frisch for like a year, maybe. Really? I don't remember. <laughs> may, may, maybe I'm mixing side it note, up. But <laughs> side note, AO knows my husband from high school. Good times, <laughs> so good times growing up, NCSY too. Um, but, but yeah, so the things that I was involved in at a young age, it was all about using like my physical body in like a feisty and competitive way or my speech on the debate team or mock trial or rhetoric or whatever it was. And being able to make this shift of nonviolent communication, it's all about understanding yourself and connecting with yourself in deep and authentic ways so that you can use the resulting sense of calm, clarity, and, and grounding to connect with others. So it's not, NVC is not about being witty and it's not about winning. And, um, and I find that sometimes in life, it's so important to just like try and practice things that are not natural for us and that help to balance us out. So even, um, even my journey with yoga, like I, I started out and I was in dance companies and performing arts companies and I did kickboxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and all of these. In my first yoga class, I said, wow, this is so boring and wow, this is so hard and slow. And, um, and I think I kind of just realized, again, sometimes the things that are less natural um, have the greatest potential to offer us what we might be um, like intuitively missing in our world. Totally. For me, 
people who come to my self-defense classes, they think like, oh, I'm the type of person who would totally fight and just assert herself all the time and be really like loud and present and take up space. And that's actually was a huge journey for me. For me, my natural state um, through childhood was to blend into the background and just sort of go with the flow and not not ruffle any flat feathers and you know what people would ask me like well what do you think it's just like whatever <laughs> whatever you want you know <laughs> um so i totally hear that like that you, you know you don't have to be this type of person in order to use these tools to the contrary like try them on for size and see where it takes you and maybe it will lead you on into a journey to be a more whole person, whatever that looks like for you. And it's very individual. And another thing, another thing I wanted to um, say was, uh, it's so funny that you're bringing this up because I'm actually in the middle of a book called The Explosive Child. And the, I picked it up because I have an explosive child and I (laughs) didn't know what to do. But the book is essentially not just for explosive children. It's how to solve any problem with any person. And it's really what you're talking about. It's what I see parents do so much of is either set a firm boundary and that's the end of the day. Like, and that's like, like you said, the power struggle, right? Yeah. Or like, I choose my battles. I'm just going to let this go. Mm. Right. And there's not a lot of parents who I see doing what this book suggests, which is what are the child's needs right now? What are my needs right now? And how do we figure out together with a child, even though like we don't generally see children as being good problem solvers, they really are. How do we figure out together a solution that takes both of our needs into account? And trust that one will come up and try it. And if it doesn't work, try something else. And it takes way more time and patience. <laughs> but for, for parents who have an explosive child, it takes less time because tantrums can go on for hours. And who has time for that? For sure. It sounds like a really wise book and also that it has a lot in line with NVC principles. I think uh, one of the things that I was just teaching in the course that I also think is relevant, especially to our lives as parents and as moms, is this idea of uh, spheres of interest and spheres of influence. Have you ever heard of that? Yes, but I would not be able to tell you what that means. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so please, so so please it, the floor I mean, is yours. <laughs> there's, uh, there's different people who teach it in different ways. So for example, there's the work of Byron Katie and Byron Katie speaks about being in your business or being in someone else's business. So I'll, I'll just briefly define it. Our sphere of interest are like all of the things that seem relevant in our lives. So it could be, um, you know, I, the, the neighbors are fighting and they might be getting a divorce. Um, I want my husband to go to the gym more. I need to make sure that my bank account stays above a certain amount. Um, I want my child to eat healthy food for dinner. It's all of the things that run across our mind that are in our sphere of interest, that are in our world. Okay. The interesting step is from there to kind of draw the smaller circle and to identify, well, what is in our sphere of influence? What are we actually able to control? Yes. And 
for the most part, that's really, really just ourselves. And so then as soon as we start kind of reframing sphere of interest into sphere of influence, like, can I control if my husband's going to go to the gym every day? No. And thinking about that drains me of my energy. Mm -hmm. However, if I operate in my sphere of influence, can I you know, make sure that he's freed of childcare responsibilities at the hour when he likes to go? So that way he has the option. Yes. Like, can I force my child to eat healthy food? Um, I would say no, <laughs> but can I prepare and offer healthy options? And then from there, be willing to release. Yes. Or even that kind of silly example with like the neighbors are fighting or like maybe they'll get divorced. It's amazing how much emotional energy, how much mental energy we spend on other people. And sometimes when we're in our sphere of interest of like speculating on things that are totally outside of ourselves, we lose the power and the ability to offer out of our sphere, operate out of our sphere of influence. So we're, we're so busy lamenting that, you know, the neighbors are having this challenge that maybe we're not actually meeting our need to be a true friend and neighbor to them, to reach out, to see like, hey, do you need any support? Hey, what can I do? Um, and so, so I find this idea of like, emotional energy and keeping ourselves in places that build and charge and enliven us instead of getting caught up in, you know, thought cycling loops that drain us. Wow. It's so true. I, I, I recently also have found that focusing on what I can control has made me a much happier person, which is partly why I stopped reading the news because it's all of these bad things that are happening in the world and very, very little of them do I have any control over uh, whether, you know, the government of Israel will get its act together, <laughs> right? Or whether, you know, the, the rockets will stop falling from Gaza, right? What can I do? Well, I'm learning five minutes of Arabic every day, so... We'll see where that goes. You know, like that's the little that's thing cool. that I can do to maybe make a change, right? Totally. But, but like influencing what our world leaders do is, you know, some people who, who really are like in politics, so, so they do have some control. I'm, that's not my sphere of influence. It's just not. So reading the news is draining for me. It drain, drains my energy. So I stopped. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, that totally resonates with me um, because unless you're going to do something that actually right. creates a shift, then again, it's like operating at a, that draining place. Um, there's actually a really cool concept um, in NBC that relates to that. It's called faux feelings or fake feelings. Uh -huh. um, and it basically, it helps us to distinguish between things that are true feelings and stories that we tell ourselves. So like uh, all of these words that we can sometimes use, like um, I'm feeling judged, I'm feeling neglected, I'm feeling abandoned, I'm feeling belittled or patronized or ignored. Um, one of my favorite units in the course is to like actually dig deeper into those words and say, okay, fine. When we're telling ourselves a story that someone else is doing something to us, how are we actually feeling? And what are we actually needing? So for example, like judged, 
I'm feeling upset. I'm feeling insecure. I'm feeling vulnerable because I'm really, really needing acceptance. And as soon as, again, it's that eureka moment. If you tell yourself, they're judging me, they're judging me, they're judging me, you're like in an energy draining loop that's just keeping you caught up in someone else's business and energy in your sphere of interest. As soon as you're able to unpack what am I actually feeling? What am I needing? I'm needing acceptance. Great. Let's find some strategies to get you some acceptance. Let's find some strategies to get you some validation. And all of a sudden you're back in your own energy and you have options and you're not, you know, you're not being constrained by or at the whim of another human being. It's incredibly empowering. I love that so much. I feel like, you know, there's so many people who feel judged and then feel like, well, I have no control over that. And that feeling of not being in control can be psychologically harmful. So this is such a better option. Thank you so much for bringing these amazing tools. I hope that I can start to try to implement some of them. But I would love to hear a little bit before we wrap up, I would love to hear a little bit about you personally and your journey. Like how did you get to this place of learning these things and how has it changed your personal life? Wow. Okay. So lots to say. Um, so, so yeah, so I guess yoga is a whole other story. So I'll just focus on the NVC today. Um, We could do another episode about yoga because that's awesome too. (laughs) There's a a lot to say about that too. Um, so, so yeah, so with NVC, I, came to the field of nonviolent communication with laughable intentions, not really knowing what I was getting myself into. Basically, I'm um, so my husband, David, and I were married about five and a half years, and we were brand new newlyweds. And I was like, great, there's this thing NVC. And if I use it, I can get him to do exactly what I want. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought that there would be like this magic tool. Like I say the right word and all of a sudden everything falls into the place and we never have, you know, another dish left in the sink and, and whatever it might be. And so, um, so that's I, hilarious. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> so, um, so I went to this intensive weekend of study. It was with an international teacher, Yoram Mosensen. And, um, and I was pretty disillusioned. I was like, all right, this stuff is okay, but it's not going to get me the end result that I wanted. And, um, and I think it was just through a continual process of then reading Marshall Rosenberg's book. And there's so many resources on YouTube and online. And then I did a year-long course with Danny Cohen. And then I started kind of informally on my wellness retreats, leading workshops in this subject. And um, I think the more that I immersed in it, the more I saw the subtle power behind it that it's not about being able to control or coerce another human being. Like even, even the word convince, I believe, comes from like the Latin root of the same word for conquer. It's not about conquering another person. Nobody wants to be conquered. Everyone wants their freedom and independence, but it's about being so deeply in touch with yourself and being able to draw and invite and welcome the person next to you willingly into your vision of, wow, wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't life be more wonderful for both of us if we got this need met that I found it to be kind of transformational in my personal life? So to to kind of speak to how... um, 
I mentioned earlier in in uh, nonviolent communication lingo, we speak about jackals and giraffes. Jackal is that like defensive, reactive, kind of blaming, shaming, judging part of ourselves. And giraffe, giraffe is actually, they're the, the biggest, the mammals with the biggest hearts. And so giraffe kind of represents this idea of like, hearing with your heart, speaking with your heart, and always having choice. And so I think one thing that bringing NVC in my life has done for me is um, being able to listen to jackal statements when people speak toward me in a way that's like blame, shame, evaluate, judgment, but to listen with giraffe ears, to understand kind of what the deeper need is behind it. There's this idea that when somebody blames or shames or acts in that way, it's actually, it's not just them being mean, so to speak. It's what we call a tragic expression of unmet needs. And so when someone, you know, is jackling at you, you know, on, let's say on, on the street or a car honks its horn. Okay. So maybe that's a, you know, a tragic expression of their need for like order or safety or efficiency, which is I think within Judaism, for example, there is this idea of of giving the benefit of the doubt. And I, I'm like a very traditional person and I deeply connect with the principles of Judaism. And I think one of the beauties, uh, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I will come back to it. One of the beauties I love of tangents, Allah, go. Okay, great. <laughs> of, of Jewish ritual law is that it's this incredible vessel and tool to contain our intentions. Maybe I want to like, you know, spend less time on social media, chill with my family more, what I do it or not to the extent that I currently do without Shabbat, without like a 25 hour power down period. Maybe, maybe not. So similarly with NVC. It's so funny. I I told my husband the other day, I was like, Shabbat is literally imposed (laughs) self-care. Yes. Yeah. That's totally how I see it. It's like, oh, I have to put down my phone. I have to sit down at the table. Like, I want to, but I wouldn't without this day that has been set aside for those things. I love it. It's a beautiful gift. Yeah. And so, like, whether in a Jewish context or like for here in an NVC context, it basically it gives us a tool to honor that intention of giving the benefit of the doubt by actually just connecting with the human in front of us and starting to think about, well, what are they feeling and what are they needing? And even if they're not going about saying or doing whatever they're doing in the nicest way, just understanding that they're not yet practiced in identifying their needs and in speaking out their needs, but that inside there is kind of a human experiencing some sort of pain and they're just going about a tragic and perhaps roundabout way of getting that need met. Um, so that's been really valuable for me in like my interactions with outside people and family. And then um, I think I'll just share maybe one more way that it's shifted my life personally because yeah. it's impacted me in a lot of ways. Um, I think it's allowed me to be less of a powerhouse um, in the sense that I am very, very used to being strong and self-sufficient and, you know, not needing anyone, anything and, um, and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And, um, and just recognizing just as a human being that I too need empathy and that it's okay to ask for it to kind of remember, I spoke about the empathy buddy earlier in, in our chat. So, um, so even uh, so, two days ago, there, there's somebody who I have been very close friends with for about seven years. 
And she's, she's like a therapist and she's very aware and she's always offering to be there for me. And it took seven years. It took until two days ago for me, having had a super rough day to just be willing to shoot her a message and be like, hi, it's been a rough day. Could use a little bit of empathy. Are, are you up for lending an ear? And she did. And I'm telling you that sense of being heard as being held, I felt so much lighter. So I feel like NVC has also brought to my life an added layer of humility and release. And that like, I actually don't need to do it all by myself. Um, and that's been pretty cool and cathartic. That is so beautiful. Um, what a gift to have a friend like that in your life. And even though it took seven years, <laughs> the fact that you've come to this con- conclusion, like this is a person that I would be able to just pick up the phone to is such a gift. I hope that every listener can, maybe after this episode is over, start to think about if there's a person in your life who could be that person for you. It is so important. Totally. I dig it. So this uh, strategy, NVC, when it comes to any problem, it seems like any interpersonal problem, uh, this strategy can change the world for sure. I'm seeing it already because when you stop seeing other people as, I don't know, just being like writing uh, people off as being an a-hole and you start seeing them as, oh, they have a tragic way of expressing that their needs have not been met and you come at it with a place of empathy, then, wow, like the way that we interact with strangers, our closest relationships, um the way that we see different cultures, the way that we see people who are different from us, all of that, I feel like, could potentially be healed. Absolutely. It can absolutely transform. Um, And the more that we are connected to ourselves and our own inner feelings and needs, the more that we operate from that green state the more full our cup is, the more we're able to offer empathy to the person in front of us. Um, I don't know if you've ever interacted with a really angry person. Oh, yes, I have. And, yeah, <laughs> but there, there, there was an and. <laughs> and. And met them with empathy instead of engaging. And if you think about it, empathy is like, um, we spoke about this feeling of being heard. If anger is this raging fire, Empathy is like a soothing blanket that's laid over it and the fire just slowly starts to go out. It's hard to stay angry and fuming at someone who's really just understanding. And understanding doesn't mean a pushover. And I'll kind of speak to that in a moment. But um, uh, there's some really beautiful imagery around empathy. Like some people think of it as like surfing the wave of someone else's experience, like meeting them where they are or one of the ones that I like, which kind of relates to mamas is empathy is like midwifing another human's emotions. They're feeling something and it's so powerful and meeting them where they are and helping them express and sometimes release it to birth that emotion. Um, and, and people can shift 
within a matter of like moments or minutes from a heated, angry place to, yeah, and that's why I was angry once they're actually heard. Um, and just, just a little aside that I forgot to mention before, um, commonly held myth or misconception about NVC is that you need to be like, shy or quiet or an introvert or some sort of pacifist, you can be fierce and strong and still practice your NVC. You can be, you know, in a line waiting to be seen at your local medical clinic, your kupat cholim, and standing your ground and stating your need for respect and order and being here and actually be heard in an Israeli context. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and even in the workplace, one of the things last night we were discussing in the workshop is what about bosses? How do you do NVC as a boss? Because you're not just like kindly requesting for your employee to do something. It's like, this is what needs to be done. But even within the workplace setting, again, first checking in with yourself, with your needs and understanding that just because you have the power over the person in front of you, is your workplace going to be better for it? Is your employee morale going to be better for it? And so learning how to be strong in yourself and assert yourself, but still treat the person in front of you with compassion and invite them to choose to willingly want to contribute in the way that they do. Um, it's, it's a paradigm shift. Amazing. It seems like this, is, this takes practice. Like it's not something that you, you can just change the way you communicate overnight, right? It's, it takes, um, just like anything that you want to get good at, it take, it's not maybe ne our necessarily our natural instinct. Uh, but I'm so excited to start to try to practice this and see where it goes. Amazing. And, and just to kind of, I guess, provide some context. And NVC, we speak about four stages of learning. Um, it might seem kind of humorous, but the first one is unconscious incompetence. What does that mean? That means like you're speaking, you're thinking, you're acting in this jackal type of blaming and shaming way, but you're not even aware that you're doing it. It's just like where a lot of the world is at. And then it gets to the second stage. The second stage is conscious incompetence mm -hmm. where it's, oh man, you're still name calling. You're still like lashing out at people or not, you know, being your best self in that blaming, shaming way. But at least now you're aware of it. You realize what you're doing. And only from there, we have the third stage of conscious competence where like you're saying, we start to actually practice these kinder, more self-aware, connected giraffe ways of being. And then the last one is just integration of new behaviors. And just to kind of encourage listeners and yourself to just cut yourself some slack in NVC, we don't have the expectation that it will be natural. You know, sometimes people ask, when will this feel just natural for me? We say that at a certain point, it can become habitual. Mm. And the distinction is natural is like, oh, this just sort of inborn magical way. It just is. Habitual is like, it takes time. It takes practice. But with time, it can become the most beautiful habit, this trained way of thinking, being, interaction that just brings more, more joy and wonder to the world. Awesome. Where can, if people want to connect with you and find out more about maybe these retreats that you do where you lead seminars on this um, or anything like that, where can they, where can they go on the internet? 
Yeah. So we, um, we just launched a new website. We're still uh, making some final tweaks to it, but it's ao.yoga. So A-Y-O period Y-O-G-A. Um, and also in the next couple months, I'm going to be launching a YouTube channel with a lot of free content, including yoga and acro yoga. We'll get an NVC series up there at some point. Um, and the last one is probably just Facebook. If you check out Studio AO, A-Y-O, on Facebook, um, doing workshops all the time, sometimes retreats, classes, and would love to connect with folks for sure. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay. Is there something that you would recommend that's $25 or less, 100 shekels or less for people to buy that maybe could help them in any way? Huh. That's an interesting question. Um, I'm probably the worst person to answer that as like a, a Nahla Oat free cycle, upcycle type person. I don't often think of like consumeristic purchases. Um, like one of the things I love about yoga is like you don't need the Lululemon clothes and you don't need the right. yoga store mats. You can just get up and do it. And so I would yes. say, you know, the, um, the, the Marshall Rosenberg book on nonviolent uh-huh. communication Great. is actually a fantastic read. So if you're going to invest in something, maybe grab that book. And otherwise, um, you know, connect with me, come to a free class. I'm going to be launching that free content, that, uh, that online YouTube series. And, uh, and yeah, just like taking the step to invest in your own, your own growth and development and transformation, highly worthwhile. Beautiful. Thank you. And if you could write one thing on a sticky note that every mother would wake up and see in the morning, first thing in the morning, maybe a mother who's, you know, struggling in her relationships or in her needs not being met, what would it say? Ooh, um, there's this idea in psychology that we all walk around with two questions in our subconscious. Um, The first one is, am I safe? And the second one is, do I matter? Um, And so if I were to, to pen a sticky note from a yoga perspective, maybe I'd just say something along the lines of, hey, I love you to remind yourself that self love. But from an NVC perspective, maybe I would just write on that, on that sticky note, um, like you're safe and you matter, or you're safe and your needs matter, or even just something as simple as I see you, mm. giving yourself that daily reminder that you're here, that you're important, that what you want, what you need, your life matters, and kind of channeling that, that self-love and connection inward. Isn't it amazing? Billions of people on the planet, every single one of us matters. Wow. Chazak. (laughs) Powerful. (laughs) It's crazy, but it's true. Yeah. Ayo, thank you so much. This was absolutely wonderful. I cannot wait to share the resources for people to start to learn more about NVC, I cannot wait to start to try to practice this myself with my kids, with my husband, with my friends, with my crazy family. Um, I'm just, I'm just so grateful that you joined us here today and spoke about something that really, really does have the power to heal and transform. Thank you wow. so much. 
Absolutely. And just, uh, just kind of one, one last comment. Um, Please. I just want to uh, like on a legit genuine level, thank you because I'm feeling right now so alive and so, so filled up and so joyful because our conversation has hardcore met my need for <laughs> learning and teaching and meaning and contribution. And the more that I share this stuff, the more that I, I feel connected kind of with the own my own life force inside of me. So, uh, so from a very selfish perspective, thank you so much for dedicating this hour for us together and uh, excited to, uh, to connect more in the future. Yay. Have a wonderful day. You too. There you have it. AO of AO.yoga and Studio AO. If you have any thoughts about this conversation, please don't hesitate to either reach out to me on Instagram at Mama's Crushing. You can message me privately or to leave a comment on my Facebook page, Mama's Crushing Fitness by Jackie Hyman. I would love to hear your thoughts on this one because I just thought that this tool of nonviolent communication was so impertinent to making the world a better place. I never do this, but I'm actually going to go ahead and ask you to share this episode. Not because I want to boost my podcast, but literally because I really do believe that this is a message that as many people as possible need to hear. Peace between people is one of the things that I see the world needs most. Please share this episode in as many places as you can. And again, if you would like to learn more about AO, you can go to AO.yoga or you can go on Facebook to Studio AO. That's just A-Y-O. This episode was brought to you by Mama's Crushing Fitness. Build inner and outer strength in a way that is kind to the body through each stage of pregnancy and postpartum. Go to Mama's Crushing Fitness by Jackie Hyman on Facebook to learn more. I will see you on the flip side, Fierce Mom Warriors. Feel good, feel strong.